Welcome everyone to the Australian Grape and Wine Studio Canberra podcast, the first one for 2021. Uh, my name's Lee McLean. I'm the General Manager for Government Relations and External Affairs here at Australian Grape and Wine. And with me as always is Tony Badaline, our CEO. G'day, Tony. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks, Lee. Um, look, it's great to be back in what's promising to be a cracking vintage. Uh, and it's got to be a better year because last year was such a bad year that this year's got to be better. Certainly I hope so. And, and of course, at the beginning of 2021, it's looking like it's almost certain to be an election year as well. And um, today I thought we would sort of run through a little bit about the political dynamics here in Canberra at the moment and then sort of talk a little bit about um, some of the trade issues that we're, we're dealing with as well. Um, we know that over the summer we've had both the Morrison government and the uh, Anthony Albanese's opposition making significant changes to their leadership teams. Um, I won't go into all of these changes because there are there were quite a few actually, um, but I'll focus on a couple. So firstly, on the government side, we've seen Simon Birmingham, who's been, you know, I would say, a tireless advocate for the industry. Really, he's he's moved into the enormous finance portfolio. Uh, and we've had Dan Tian, the member for Wannan in Victoria, replacing him as the Minister for Trade, Tourism and Investment. And in the opposition side, uh, we've seen Julie Collins, the member for Franklin in Tasmania, taking over the agriculture portfolio, which is also quite a big change for the Labor Labor Party after Joel Fitzgibbon has sort of been in charge of that uh, that portfolio for, for some time now, with Ed Husick most recently taking over for a little while. Um, so, Tony, I know we're meeting with both Mr Tan and, and Julie Collins uh, in the coming weeks. What, what do you sort of make of these appointments? Where do you think they might take the industry over the next little while? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And it's good to be talking about politics when we're talking about the serious stuff. I mean, I think everyone's a little bit sick of some of those, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, inappropriate behaviour we've seen by politicians in recent times have been reported in the press, some of those issues. So when we can actually get together and talk about what benefit they can do to the industry and their support for the industry, to me, it's really powerful. So um, Dan Tian, you know, we both know that both with Dan and Julie, they've Wine is a really important part of their economies. So Dan's he's electorate of Wannan. Now, for those of you like me who don't follow where those electorates are, that's around the Hinty in the Great Western. So, you know, he's clearly understands the wine industry. Julie Collins is another really good appointment for us. She's been around for a while and she's always been deeply passionate about agriculture. She's from Tasmania, so electorate of Franklin. So it's got those wineries in southern Tassie but she's deeply committed to the industry and regional development, and she gets the importance of regional communities. So they all have this great passion and interest in wine, and that's gotta be good for us. Um, look, we've been well served in the past. Uh, Simon Birmingham certainly has, as you say, been a real champion for us. And, I, and I've gotta pay a little bit of um, credit to the opposition, Joel Fitzgibbon. He was a really good um, opposition lead, um, agriculture minister, and he did support us, and we had a lot to do with him. Um, Let's go back to, to Minister Tian. Uh, he, I think, is a very measured, competent politician. Uh, he certainly made it his first order priority to contact his counterpart in China about the ongoing issues in that effort to restore dialogue. And, and we really are be hoping that China will respond to that and come back and do the right thing. Uh, I have to say, personally, I'm not hopeful, but Dan Tian is doing everything he can to rebuild that relationship. Uh, we're really lucky to um, ministers. You hear about politicians. The people you don't hear about are the staffers, the people who advise them and do the work. And we're very lucky in that the trade minister has a fantastic team of staffers. And they're people that we've known for a long, long time. And they are really good at what they do. 
they know the wine industry, they are friends of the wine industry, and we can work cooperatively with them. So um, I guess in summary, I, I'm really pleased with both appointments. Minister Tian for the government and uh, Minister and like the Shadow Minister Collins for the for the opposition. They're both experienced. They're capable. Uh, they understand the industry. I think they're people we can work with. Yeah, I think you're right, Sonny. And and you know, I think they're good appointments not only for their own parties but for for the wine industry as well. So we're really looking forward to to sitting down with them in the next couple of weeks and um, and and having a chat. Um, which we're we're just working to line up at the moment, actually. Um, and one of the key things that we'll be talking about in those discussions with them and a number of other politicians of the Parliament House uh, the week after next is, is Australian Grape and Wines pre-budget submission. Um, for those listeners who don't sort of get into the detail of, of these submission processes, the, the pre-budget submission or the PBS as we often call it, it's a, it's a way that we can provide an overview of our priorities to government where we think the government and industry need to be working together to invest in solutions to the problems that we are facing today, but also some of those problems that we're going to be facing in the future as well. So we'll have this paper up on our on our website, which is www.agw.org.au. Um, but I'll give you a quick rundown of, of the paper itself. It, it's sort of split up into four different themes. Firstly, with everything going on with China, with fires, with COVID-19 and, and other issues, um, the first section of the paper really focuses on investing in survival. And that's looking at some of those short-term measures the government can take to boost cash flow and boost profitability. Then we talk a little bit about, well, quite a lot about actually, diversifying our export opportunities. And that's really focused on not just the short-term promotional things, but that hard long-term market access work that's going to be so important if we're going to build these markets in the future. We then talk about getting the balance right in terms of regulation, and that goes into things like health policy, container deposit schemes, and a number of other things. Uh, and then finally, we talk about investing in our competitiveness, and that really focuses on our support for the existing R&D um, structure within government, the matching funding that we receive from government at the moment. Um, it talks about education, uh, biosecurity, and all of those really critical issues around supporting improvements in diversity and quality in our sector, which is something we've been focusing on a lot uh, in, in recent times. Tony, you've been working on trade and market access issues for, for quite a long time now, and obviously that's going to be a really big focus for us and for the entire industry um, over the next over the next number of years, probably. Um, clearly, a part of a part of what we're focusing on is the, the the trade and market access opportunities in in a very dynamic and kind of shifting geopolitical environment. We now have got a Biden administration sworn in, um, and they're straight into work with pretty different sort of focus to the to the Trump administration. How do you see this change in administration in the US um, affecting the international trading environment that we're going to be facing for for the next number of years? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And it is really important to understand that the international trading environment doesn't just impact those people who export. It has dramatic impact on grape growers. It has a dramatic impact on people who just sell domestically, small and large and medium wine producers. So it goes back because if you can't sell product in an export market, you've got to put it somewhere. And that means that quite often it will come back home and that puts additional pressure on prices and demand and create all sorts of problems. So geopolitical environment 
And we've all seen the impacts of that with the China issue and the fact that in December, our exports dropped from 100 million to 4 million from one year to the next. That's a pretty big dramatic drop. That's a lot of product that's got to go somewhere. So we follow geopolitics really closely. Um, the Biden administration is going to be an interesting development. Uh, clearly, Joe Biden has shown his commitment to multilateral forums. So things like the World Trade Organization, and we've had a big win in that in recent times over a dispute with Canada on wine. Uh, so it works. We need rules. We're a small country. People don't realize that, but Australia is actually really small. And so we need international trading rules. Uh, Trump did not support these. Joe Biden does. That's a really big change in the, in the focus. Um, what is probably less understood is that relationship with China. Now, Joe Biden is no Chinophile. He is no lover of China. He has made it very clear in his statements that he sees that there is going to be a political dynamic between the two. Joe Biden's difference to Donald Trump is that he is going to look for international coalitions. So he's going to work with his allies to try and uh, change the balance of power, uh, whereas America first, that approach uh, has proven unsuccessful in that, that power dynamic. And that's going to be really important, not just for our relationships with China, but how China relates to everyone else and what happens around the world. So it's something we're watching with interest. Um, we hope we'll be able to work very closely uh, with the Biden administration, and certainly our government has good links. Uh, but above all, we also still need to really foster that relationship and get back to a good relationship with China, because love them or hate them, we need them. And then, you know, and that market might be closed for a few years, and I think it will be, but at some stage we'll be back in there. Yeah, look, let's hope that let's hope that, that dialogue can be re-established at some point in a you know in a more normal sort of fashion, right? Like um it has really taken a, a major hit and it's it's put the Australian government and the Australian industry in a really difficult position. But I think there are things that that we can all be doing uh to to try to foster that dialogue as much as we possibly can. Um well, with that, I think we might sort of wrap up for the day. We'll keep it pretty short. We've got a lot of work to do with board meetings next week in Adelaide and a number of political meetings in Canberra the week after. Um, as usual, for the first time in 2021, we'll get back into uh, talking about what might be in our glass this weekend. In the spirit of talking about new ministers, new shadow ministers, and in the spirit of bipartisanship, um, we're going to talk a little bit about some wines from each of the electorate. I'll, I'll be the first one to, to do a shameless bit of sucking up to Minister T. And uh, I'm going to make sure that I have a Seppel Drumble Riesling from Henty in my glass. Um, it just happens to be one of my favourite wines going around as well. So it's no no chore to be doing that. What about you, Tony? Well, I'm obviously more of a strategist than you, Lee. So I will look to uh, build those long-term relationships with the opposition. So I'm going to look to Tasmania this evening. And of course, the thing about Tasmania, there's a lot of really great wine from that, so as indeed there are from the rest of Australia. But acknowledging where Ms Collins comes from, I, I've been tossing it up, quite frankly, and I'm just not sure. And I'm thinking that I probably have to take that risk and I probably have to have a Riesling and I probably have to have a Pinot. So I think I might have to go the whole hog here and, and, and look to the bounds of moderate drinking and probably have a glass of each. Um, haven't yet decided on which one, but Coal Valley springs to mind. So, oh, well, so I'm, I'm thinking Coal Valley, a Riesling and a Pinot. 
that sounds pretty good. Well, I'll look forward to comparing notes with you on Monday uh, about which might have been better, but I'm, I'm backing Minister Tan's uh, reasoning from the Henty personally. So look, thanks very much everyone for, for joining us today. Um, have a great weekend and we look forward to speaking to you next time uh, from here in Canberra. And I hope, um, I hope for all of you that vintage is going to be more productive and better than last year. Uh, for those who are suffering from the fires in the West and in the Adelaide Hills again, um, look, bear up. It's tough, I know, and but we're all here be- behind you. So uh, good luck to everyone. Hope vintage is good and um, stay in touch. Here, here. Thanks, everyone.